part of why we do this podcast is for people to meet us number one and see that you know we're not so scary when we're on your side (laughs) um we're human too and and pretty most for the most part like nice I think (laughs) easy to be around (laughs) I'm nice with us okay. uh-huh go ahead so we had another friend with us it was like you know um my best friend her boyfriend me and Monty, and then we had one other guy at the house and oh i didn't know that there was another who's the other guy um he's just like a friend of my friend like i oh, know him okay. for years but um since it was like my best friend's birthday he came over oh um and so this just me him and her were all like in the hot tub together i think both like Monty and her boyfriend were like totally annoyed with us <laughs> so um we were just you know drinking in the hot tub and then I think um the other guy Chris we had him like because Monty doesn't have his phone number so we gave him Monty's phone number and then he like prank called him pretending he was Domino's <laughs> <laughs> Monty was like so serious <laughs> we were dying he's like, like I'm it. standing outside <laughs> what are you- don't see he was like trying to like explain like yeah i had the wrong address <laughs> like, oh my god that's funny he probably was not happy when we just started busting a laugh <laughs> <laughs> i think he was embarrassed oh <laughs> i mean i don't Maybe that's, that's an easy prank to pull because like i always get phone number like calls from people with super random area codes or i'm like oh it's just the delivery person yeah yeah <laughs> oh Monty, how is he doing he's doing good um yeah just that day he was <laughs> not happy with us he's like i want my pizzas <laughs> he thought like he thought my best friend's boyfriend was mad because of me but he didn't know like he was mad about a whole nother thing with my best friend <laughs> and it was just like you know just oh drama. so they already like came pissed off at each other yeah because i was like decided to blast the music extremely loud <laughs> and i was like singing <laughs> your neighbors must love you they're like in the house random i don't understand (laughs) i mean the music was really loud in the house with like all the doors and windows oh god mommy's just like you're so annoying (laughs) (laughs) but um it was all good yeah i think just when me and my best friend get together you know sometimes yeah you like revert yeah (laughs) exactly you guys have been friends for like since high school right yeah 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 i think we've like known each other since we were like 10 but we've been like yeah besties since we were like 16 i think around 16 yeah like 15 16 and yeah so we just totally revert and he's the i guess he didn't realize like my best friend's boyfriend already knows this is like (laughs) this is like how it goes yeah yeah Yeah, it's like that episode of um how i met your mother did you ever see that one where like marshall's fiance gets together with her bestie from like from grade school or whatever it's called Revertigo. Oh, okay. I watched that's I actually a show that I actually used to watch a lot, but I don't remember that specific episode. I thought that that's was such Revertigo, a funny like that's cute. Yeah, portmanteau. Yeah. He's like, it's called Revertigo. <laughs> when you revert back. To... Yeah. <laughs> and so like uh Lily doesn't know that she's got Revertigo. So when her mm. bestie comes, she starts talking in like this most like hilarious 90s, like um hip hop. <laughs> Oh my um, god. Accent is just really funny. That is really funny. Oh my god. Yeah. But it was funny because before that actually happened, so my best friend has 
two best friends her other best friend actually lives in uh up north oh um, shit of walnut creek <laughs> and i don't really like her <laughs> of course of course you do <laughs> and her birthday's the day after mine <laughs> like it's so weird um but he, so I was like alone with her boyfriend. I think we like went to go pick up a birthday cake or something. And he's telling me, yeah, I don't know why. Whenever she hangs out with her other friend, Jenny, like they just get crazy. <laughs> like, <laughs> and then like the next day, <laughs> it's like, now it's me being in the crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I bet you he's Reverting like, it, yeah. <laughs> he's probably like talking shade about the other best friend with you. Cause he's like, I know I can get, I need yeah. to get. And then he goes to the other best friend and he probably talks about you. <laughs> probably. <laughs> Like, he's just like do you guys just like promote bad behavior like with each other and yeah i don't know did this guy go to boarding school or something like why <laughs> are you so square dude i know but he yeah. just turned 50 yesterday so oh he's like <laughs> that's boomer age right like is that still boomer age or is that gen x that's probably gen oh that x, might right? be gen x yeah that's gen x boomers but are he's just yeah almost out i mean he's he's still actually not very mature but but he is 50s it's like probably like really really girls oh god well whatever yeah Yeah. it was fun yeah (laughs) I was very proud of going going out last night on a Wednesday night like I was the fact that I'm even out of my house is a big deal for me let alone driving like an hour to San Jose to go watch a stand-up show yeah yeah and I was like, I, I had no expectations that my friend would recognize me from high school at all. Dustin Nickerson, he's um, a comedian and he's very, very funny. Um, he was always funny in, in high school. Like, I'm not surprised at all that he's a professional comedian. Like, it's just, it was such a natural transition that I probably would have been more surprised if he wasn't doing something that was like in entertainment. Yeah. Um, But I didn't think that he would recognize me at all because we've all grown and we had looked different and like in college in high school I wasn't allowed to wear makeup so I didn't look mm-hmm. um you know anything like I do now um but he did he recognized me and he's like oh my god oh, is awesome. it <laughs> yeah it was really good but his his show was so funny his set was very funny it was very like organic and it felt like um it's a really hard job like being a comedian is hard because you have to you have to like understand the joke to make it massly like to make it work for everyone right Mm -hmm. like or or like a majority of the crowd in the room Mm -hmm. and so it's it's pretty hard to like write a good joke that has mass appeal but is still unique and um authentic to like your experiences yeah um but he was great and it was just it was it felt like old times like and I knew that he was authentic because I I know you know I know him from when we were in uh sophomores together in high school and like a lot of the things that he was joking about like I do remember that being part of his childhood and and it was just awesome awesome to see I'm glad you had a good time what what kind of venue was it it was actually at the improv in San Jose which is like a um, I I think most people know um I didn't realize but the improv is like a like an incubator or like a test site you know um all of the the show the venues called improv like usually our test locations for a lot of comedians who do end up geez who end up like getting really really big oh i didn't, uh, I didn't know that no. yeah no, it, I didn't. yeah so it was it was cool and he was the headliner which is awesome oh, you know awesome. he did like a um an hour-long set and um it was great 
He's been really good. He's on tour right now. So um, we'll link him. Check out, you know, check your uh, tick, the, check the tour dates to see if he's coming by your town because I think it's definitely worth it. He's hilarious. He's also, you know, it's a clean set too. So, I mean, I'm not bringing my kids to these things, but you totally could. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so let me see. What are we talking about today? Q3. We're in Q3. So Q3 is... I think in my opinion, probably the hardest quarter of the year because you're like past the halfway mark. Mm -hmm. You are too soon to call it quits. (laughs) You're just kind of give up for the year. Um, And there's still a lot of hard work left to be done after um, two previous quarters of hard work. So, you know, usually in my mind and, and the way that I'm like kind of scheduling out my year, I do it, you know, broad picture things by quarter and uh, Q3 is usually the quarter that I, um, I call it like my muscle, my muscle quarter where, you know, Q1 and two are spent setting things up strategically and trying to get things in place. And then three is about just execution, like go, 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 pump it out, do the work. Um, and having, and like a, a key part to having that is having clear directionality with what you need to do so that you are just focused on doing the work, the the pumping the iron, right? Um, if you're a photographer that looks like executing styled shoots, making the phone calls, doing the editing, um, doing test shoots, doing like um, experimenting with all of the things that you have been working with and to a more like, um, like, a more tested degree, meaning like if you were going to try to shoot film, you know, you might use quarter one and two to like get acquainted, learn about it, YouTube, whatever you need to do, take the trainings. Q3 is the quarter that you start getting serious about it and start like doing some sessions with people with film, right? Like if that's, that's the example that I would use. Um, And then Q4, when we get there, that's more like the evaluation period where you want to start thinking about like what worked, what didn't work so that you can go into Q1 nice and strong. So Q3, Deanna, how, how are you holding up in Q3? And I know that you've been hustling hard um, in, in Q2 and definitely in Q1, but like Q2 most recently yeah. with summer, like the bulk of that being summer um, in your business with uh, estate planning and immigration work, as well as a small business work, you know, those are areas that don't necessarily overlap. And so it is, it, it's not like, it's not like, you can get a ton of bang for your buck. You have to kind of hustle for all three areas um, in different ways. Mm-hmm. So how did you feel going into this quarter? And, and like, tell me about it. Yeah, it's it's been rough. Um, I know we, we talked about this the other night. I just felt like, I feel like I've just been doing so much. Um, I feel like I I can't, I feel not like that I'm necessarily doing the right things, but I, I just feel like I am being productive, um, that I'm really, I don't know, hustling is not really the right term, but um, trying to just put myself out there and do as much as I can um, to really get my business yeah. um, where I want it, but then feel like I'm not seeing any of the reward. Yeah. Um, so that's, it's been really hard and I'm exhausted. <laughs> yeah. I know. I wish there was a better word for hustle because I think that it's such it's got such a negative connotation now, but you've been very active. You've been very Mm -hmm. proactive about getting out, you know, in the community, um, advertising yourself, marketing yourself, showing 
your your background and your expertise and really um, trying to make connections with people that are um, authentic, right? And then yeah. the hard part for any business is conversion, trying to convert um, contacts and new you know, people who walk in through your virtual storefront to becoming customers, paying customers or clients. Yeah, um, yeah definitely. And I, you know, I've been, we, we meet like weekly, twice a week, weekly. And I know how much work you're putting in. I know that you're out every day and you're um, part of um, many membership groups, small business membership groups that like are really relevant. But, um, you know, we talked last night about this because I think that you know, from what I've seen and, and kind of the feedback that I'm getting from you, it's like you have been very active and proactive and out there, but it's a little bit like aimless. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's the perfect <laughs> way to describe it. Aimless. Yeah. 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 And so we need to aim for something, right? Yeah. <laughs> we need to be more strategic about like where your effort is going to go because, you know, as a business owner, the way that I think about cost and and like um profit is factoring in the work like factoring in the actual um physical presence of being somewhere else because if I'm somewhere else that's time taken away from doing work that might be paying me mm -hmm. right every time I'm like going to a networking event that's time that I'm not spent editing or working on contracts or templates or um, working on a, a lesson or something. So that's part of my analysis. And as a result, you know, every action that I take has a cost to it and it has a benefit. Okay. Mm -hmm. Even if it's not like actual money out of my pocket. Um, what would you say you feel like has been, um, one of the things, one of the activities or proactive uh, measures that you've taken that have really um, had the worst return on investment? Um, yeah, probably going um, to different events and getting um, like a table or booth, um, you know, trying to build up my email list. Um, you know, the the first event that I, that I went to that you helped with, um, you know, I did get a ton of email addresses. So you know, I'm hoping in the future, like, you know, maybe, you know, a handful of them at least will contact me and actually um, use my services. Um, I think that's definitely like a more long-term thing, um, like planting seeds, having to nurture it, send them my monthly newsletter. And then when they're actually ready to, um, you know, get an estate plan, then hopefully they'll contact me. But um, the other events that I've tried since then were just, um, you know, just I like not... Um, not really many people showed up. I don't know if it's because of the weather or what, you know, it's been extremely yeah. hot, but um, it just hasn't been worth my time for sure. It's like a lot of just energy and time just wasted. Like, a, like you said, a time I could have been doing something else. Yeah. So Mike, cause that was another thing that I always considered when I was working, like if I'm interviewing a client that I felt like kind of on the fence about and the, the, you know, the package that they wanted or the services that they wanted, or maybe on the lower end of the spectrum, I have to like really gauge, is this a couple that I can get other like non-monetary or non-tangible um, gains out of working with? Is it worth my time mm -hmm. to work with them and um, maybe do a little less like what they're asking for, for, you know, 
so, you know, I would have to about, I would scrutinize the couple a little bit harder and say, what else can I get out of this? You know, um, let's, bef- I know this is kind of like jumping ahead a little bit of like where we wanted to go, but yeah. you said that like, this is the, probably the worst, uh, the, the worst proactive thing that you've had results with. And it's not like the worst as a hyperbole. It's just that of the things that you've tried, yeah. this has been the least uh, return on investment that you've seen. Um, the question that I have then is because like you mentioned, it could be because of the weather, it could be because of other variable factors, but can you tell me, um, what would the ideal tabling or event look like and what Mm. realistically could you expect as a, as a return on investment from that? So in your best case scenario, what is that? yeah. Yeah. So, um, definitely really knowing, um, the like audience like who is going to attend these events um because you know these past events weren't really you know there's a handful of people maybe that fit that profile but very very small percentage um so making sure that um you know it's people in the uh like the right economic class I guess I don't know I don't Mm -hmm. want to sound you know no it's uh, but you know my services are not you know they're they're not cheap everyone needs them and you know um, everyone should have an estate plan, but, um, yeah, my ideal clients, you know, like, um, like we talked about before, maybe like, um, like the perfect event would be my target market. So maybe like young families that are professionals, have children, own a home, um, who, um, you know, clearly don't have an estate plan and, um, Gosh. maybe they're like of working age right so that they can yeah. fund this thing and they can continue to have services with you right yeah I want to think about age socioeconomic class stage of life you uh like potential income or, or income or like do they have more potential for income in the future you know and so understanding who your client is is obviously going to be like super important to be able to identify that if you were like let's say because we're talking about like tabling at um fairs or like a a tabling events basically um and we're trying to figure out like is there a perfect one or is this just not the mode yeah that will best you know uh uh, you know create the best um opportunities for you um you know this past weekend i did go to the alameda art and wine fair which is super fun i look forward to it every year before covid um and it's where they basically shut down the downtown street, like the main strip, and it turns into a big street fair, and it's super fun. There's tons of vendors, um, people selling their their crafts and art and um, food. There's food vendors, which is always my favorite thing. Um, jewelry, and uh, what did I get? Oh, I got my bracelet. That's right. Like, it was so far away now that I, like, don't remember anything, but I got my cool permanent bracelet that was a fun experience and I just love it it's adorable um you know and there were people there that were marketing services that are like non-tangible right so like there was an attorney who was also same thing as you actually estate Mm -hmm. planning uh business litigation civil litigation there was um Berkshire Hathaway was there which is like a real estate company um an investment company there was a person that was doing like a boat club thing which I thought was really cool, but he missed the mark with his booth, like in terms of advertising. You know how I feel about the boat club. I do love having a, a like package deal right now with Bay Boats. Um, but I definitely thought of you during that event. And I'm like, is this the target market? And I, 
I think that honestly, the fair that I went to would be your target market. Yeah. I think that the people that you want to work with are there. Tons mm -hmm. of young families, tons. And if you live in Alameda, I'm not, you know, can't deny it. Like it's, you're going to have a job that is like, I would say white collar. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, middle to upper middle class. Um, and I don't think that, at least from my perspective, that it would have given you much conversion even there. Yeah. Because it's, it wasn't exactly the right setting for the services that you're providing. Yeah. Right. It's not that it's not needed and it's not that those people wouldn't, you know, use your services at any other point. Yeah. It's just that it was not the right environment for it. Yeah. No, and, I agree. Yeah. And that tells me that I don't think that tabling is the answer mm -hmm. for you. Right. Yeah. And I, I gave it some thought. Yeah. And like you said, you know, when you're there, that's not really what's on your mind. And even if you, you know, stick your name in a raffle or, you know, take a piece of paper or a business card, you're probably just going to throw it out when you get home. And yeah. Yeah. And maybe, you know, maybe you get some emails, but it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to yeah. contact that person. Yeah. And in my experience, like, Contrary to what I experienced when I was a photographer, which I think we talked about this in another episode, I did not love getting um, referrals word of mouth, like through past clients. I always preferred to work with clients who found me organically. Like that's mm -hmm. like your number one fan. Like that's the primary circle. And then referrals from their network becomes like a secondary circle of fans, right? Because they didn't find you organically. You just have like a trust factor. In my um, law firm, opposite of that. I want my past clients to refer me to their friends because it's um, a trust thing. Like for sure, you want to make sure that you really trust the professional that you're working with to do services for you. Um, and I want to work with clients who I really enjoy working with. So if I enjoyed working with one client and they send me their friend, I'm pretty sure I'm going to enjoy working with that person too. And that has that has been true for just about all of my clients mm -hmm. that I've had referred to me. Um, and so you want to like, it, it's more about like creating that, that relationship, like a one-on-one -on -one human relationship. Part of why we do this podcast is for people to meet us, number one, and see that, you know, we're not so scary when we're on your side. <laughs> um, we're human too. And, and pretty most, for the most part, like nice. I think <laughs> easy to be around. <laughs> I'm nice. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Just kidding. You're nice too. <laughs> I'm nice when it matters. I'm nice to my clients. <laughs> yeah, you you are very nice to your clients. <laughs> um, but that's that's the kind of thing that you can't convey when you have like a a two second interview, like you know, yeah. pitch at a table. What I want my clients to understand is like my personality, my sense of humor, my passion for the work that we do, because it, honestly, it's the passion that kind of gets mm -hmm. us through. Like my whole thing when I was running my firm was that my prices were extremely um, attainable. Like that was the point of like my firm was to be able to provide really um, robust and top-notch legal services to everyone that has talent like a real desire to be in the business for a long time yeah to like democratize access to legal services and to do that a lot of that was 
out of just pure passion and and believing in the people that I'm working with and saying, damn, you're really talented and you're really good. And you can turn this into a sustainable business that allows you to thrive if I can help you with this little thing, you know, and you can afford me because you've passed my smell test. You know, yeah. you really seem to have what it takes and I'm willing to invest in you, but it's hard to convey that at a table. Yeah. And so, you know, I think that it was helpful to kind of identify last night that um, the work that you have done, the money you've spent doing the tabling, all of those things, those are kind of like um, little assurances, little assurances to yourself. So you can say to yourself, um, I'm doing the work. I'm not procrastinating. Yeah. The reason I don't have, you know, more as, as many clients as I prefer to have right now isn't because of me. It's because of some other factor because I'm doing the work. Mm -hmm. Right. And so we have to be really honest and, and um, self-aware about, is it thoughtful? Is the yeah. work you know, uh, targeted. Yeah. So, you know, how did you feel about that when we kind of like identified, um, the issues, because this weekend, yeah. like I, this all, like this all stemmed from like your activities this weekend, right? You want to tell us yeah. about like how that happened? Yeah. So, um, it was very impulsive, which <laughs> I don't need to stop doing these impulsive things. Um, I, I don't know where I found it probably somewhere on social media, something popped up on Friday about an event that was happening the next day. Um, it was at a, uh, like the outside area of a train museum, um, pretty close to my house. So I'm like, okay, it's not too far away. It was, you know, very inexpensive. Um, and it was geared towards, it was like for education and school, like homeschooling, education, things like that. Um, so it's like, okay, well, that means it's going to be probably families with children. They had all sorts of children activities. Like they were doing what is it like freeze dancing as mm. like a DJ and there were people yeah. dancing with balloons and they had wrestling and they had a lot of kid activities. So I was like, okay, well, my target market is, you know, families with kids. So, you know, why not? Um, so I contacted them and they still had availability. And, you know, the next thing you know, um, Saturday, I'm, you know, packing up the car and, um, you know, getting there to set up and it's like, at least 100 degrees maybe hotter oh um and yeah by like seven o'clock at night it was still 100 degrees and so people did show up um but clearly not like I think they told me they're expecting 500 to a thousand people it was clearly not that many people and again it was super hot um but also I think I just didn't really I didn't put enough thought into it because it was impulsive um the town is a more like rural town um it, you know, it's definitely not like a town where a lot of like professionals and the people that I wanted to, you know, my niche market or like the, my target market was not people who live there. Mm -hmm. And it, it, I didn't start thinking about that until like, you know, the next day when I was on my way there and just driving in like farm country and oh, um, no. yeah. And then it just was so hot. <laughs> And, um, you know, a few people did come to my table. I did collect some email addresses. I know like we talked about this too, that because I'm having them handwrite it, you know, half of oh, them yeah. I can't even use because I can't read their handwriting. So, mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I would definitely say it was mostly a waste. Um, I talked to some of the other vendors, um, you know, I did a little networking with, um, 
actually another group I'm part of, the Global Society of Female Entrepreneurs, for some reason, had a table there. So I oh. talked to the owner and, um, you know, she's she's a good person to know. And, you know, I've met her before in the group, but um, yeah, so it's more like I maybe got a little bit of benefit of talking to just other vendors, but overall, yeah. I don't think it was really worth it. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think when you asked it too, like, how did it make me feel? Um, I think, you know, I already knew. And of course, you know, like my husband is <laughs> telling me the same thing. And then when I told him like, oh, I talked to Desiree and she said this, he's like, that's what I already told you. <laughs> but you know how you just need someone else who's like not yeah. your husband to tell you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. That's pretty funny. Yeah. Well, Moni, first of all, <laughs> how do you like it? This is how women feel every day, all the time. Like it happens in every situation. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Can't a man tell him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, I'm hearing it for the first time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I think that the thing that one of your the traits that I most admire about you, Deanna, is like your ability to take the punches, like to yeah. to take criticism and really learn from it and not internalize anything. Because you're you know, I think that I might take it personally. I might feel like, damn, I'm a failure. Like this isn't um I can't believe this didn't work, you know, or, or whatever. Yeah. Like I would internalize my, uh-huh. the, the situation to be because of me, even mm-hmm. though you're right. Like it was, it's, it was extremely hot last weekend. It wasn't the right environment for it. Um, so, you know, I think that that is so important because you need to be able to move past your failures, embrace the failures for what they yeah. are. Right. And, and that it's a learning experience. And sometimes you, have to touch the stove to know that it's hot yeah you know I I have a um I have a staff attorney who's um she's a younger practicing attorney and I've been mentoring her and working with her for a year just kind of like getting her kind of up to speed with our practice and everything and there have been many times where I've said don't do this because xyz will happen and then she'll go and do it anyway and at first, you know, like I said, I internalized a lot yeah. of things and I felt like, is she messing with me right now? Because I'm, I'm, I'm going through a thing right now where yeah. people don't listen to me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like very annoyed by it. Um, but I was like, does she not respect my opinion? This and that. And she did it again. Like, and the thing is like when she does that and the thing that I said will happen, what happens? And then I, we recapped things yeah. and we, we talk about like what happened here and, <laughs> you know, the thing that's really great about her is that she is like you, I know you told me like, that's right. And, and, um, and it happened. And uh, like, I quickly realized that this isn't about me. This is about this person Mm -hmm. and that she needs to touch the stove to know that it's hot. It doesn't matter how many times I tell her it's hot. And that's, I can respect that. Like I can deal with that, you know? Um, so what we ended up doing yesterday is because like I said, we meet weekly twice a week and I kind of get a recap from you about like the things that you've done and like the mm-hmm. work that you've been putting in. And I know that it's not really giving you the return that you want to see. Um, I am not Deanna's business coach, but I totally <laughs> could be. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> um, oh my goodness. How did Penny get up here? Who? How did you get up here? Hi. Oh my goodness. Um, but, you know, we, we sat down and thought about it and said, um, what is the goal? Like, what is, what is, I'm going to pull up our notes. Cause I think that they were really, really good. Um, 
let me just reference that really quick. Oh, so it started because like workflow. first it was, yeah, it was about workflow because at first you're telling me about this whole thing. And then you said that someone else um, referred a client to you, like a person to you. And you said that the thing that is kind of annoying is that um, people will call you and you mm. actually pick up the phone. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, everybody, you heard it here. Like, if you called Deanna, she's going to pick up the phone and you've got an attorney live on the line. <laughs> Not anymore. And she'll probably answer your question right there Before and then. Me. And then she'll be like, what the fuck just happened? Do you want free legal advice? Call me. Yeah. <laughs> Without a contract, apparently. Yeah. Um, that's a big no-no yeah. in the industry because, like, you want to make sure you cover your ass. Yeah. Um. But we, you know, that, I think that was something that was really puzzling you a little bit because you're like, how do I handle this? I don't want to be rude. I pick up the phone. How can yeah. I say to this person, um, one, I don't know, or two, this is how I charge. Like, yeah. I think that's a, that's a really valid question that most people struggle with and they don't really identify an answer. Like, I think it's a lot of shooting in the dark for people where it's like, okay, this time that worked really well. Like, I'm glad that that went the way that it went. Having no idea that it was not a fluke it was because of the order that you did things in made it work right mm -hmm. i'm a big believer in scaling your business and in order to scale you have to have really really strong infrastructure and you have to think about your infrastructure in a way that allows you to grow and so number one there's the obvious answer for growth, right? Which is like, you can get bigger and you can hire more employees and, and you can hire a manager to do what you're doing and train them more easily. The other part of this too, is that like, let's say you're a small business and you don't have a partner, or maybe you do have a partner or a sub, whatever it is, but you are out ill, you need your business to continue running. In that case, you could have a substitute come in and understand the workflow and just execute. Like you don't have to train them up too much. So I like to front load the work in, in, you know, thick times when I don't have yeah. to worry about being stressed out or strapped or like on a time crunch so that I can just like say, here are the keys. I'm out, you know, um, I definitely had to do that while I like, after I had a baby twice, Yeah, you know, um, yeah. That's a really good point too, though, because I think even earlier this week, I wasn't feeling well. Like I was told you I took a COVID test and everything. And then yeah. I, think I was just adding more stress too, right? Because now I don't have any processes in place and who's gonna. Because yeah. you you're like, if somebody calls me, yeah, <laughs> I'm going to have to answer the phone and not know what to do. Whereas yeah. if you have a process, you could buy yourself like one or two days or whatever. Yeah. Right. Um, and so like the goal with customer service, I think for any industry across the board is to make sure that your client is not waiting for you. You want to like throw the ball back into their court so that you're kind of waiting on the client, at least before you are like engaged, right. Before an mm -hmm. engagement agreement. Um, after that point, then they wait for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, so we, we identified that, okay, you need to figure out what your workflow is. What is your workflow plan? And that, I think that was helpful to kind of go through. Like I would recommend to other um, business owners that if you don't have, um, if you're struggling with the same thing, which is like, I don't know how to work with clients before they hire me. How do I get them? How do I convert uh, inquiries into actual paying clients? Think about that experience. Think about that user experience. Think about what 
they're seeing the first time they are introduced to you, which is going to be well before you ever even talk to them or get an email from them. Um, one of the things that I took with me into the business was the experience of like helping my friend plan for her wedding um, when we were like just graduated from college, like we were young. Um, but I remember going to all these websites and like saying, contact me for a price list, blah, blah, blah. And I just thought to myself, like, I don't want to waste your time. Like, I feel like this is rude, you know, um, but also just give me the information. <laughs> I just need to know, are we in the ballpark or not? Yeah. Um, and I took that with me when I started doing photography and from day one, I was publishing like my, like a, a ballpark range or my full prices or saying like, you know, starting at this much and the average spend is this much, you know, to give people an idea because it's not useful for my time either to say to like one craft a delicate email to you explaining to you that this is my price yeah. and then two trying to figure out do I want to work with you do I not want to cut deals do I want to like negotiate this like that's all cost that's all cost to you okay so you know for anyone at home that's trying to figure out okay well what does this look like um it's kind of like a factory imagine that this is a factory right you have uh, uh, inquiry that comes in and you need to get them to the end of the the conveyor belt which is sign the agreement ask yourself how are they contacting you are you getting referrals through word of mouth and people are emailing you directly to your email address and you want them to use your contact form or are people using your contact form and then you're just responding to them one by one how are they contacting you are they calling you are they dming you figure that out because that is the the mouth part of the funnel and you need to narrow that down. So for me, when I was doing a lot of word of mouth work and, and my presence really was on Instagram um, for my law firm, um, I was, I was answering DMs. Okay. It was, I'm not like an influencer or anything. So I wasn't getting a million DMs. So I was answering DMs, but then it got to the point where I'm like, I feel really bad because I don't check my DMs all the time and I don't get notices. So you're better off emailing me or going through my contact form. Um, then, you know, people would email me and do the right thing. Um, and if they want to refer me out, I always tell them, please send them to my contact page so that mm -hmm. I can get the information that I need, you know? Um, so that was another way to kind of narrow the funnel of inquiries because I, my source, like I said, my, my best source of new clients is always going to be from my former clients in this situation. So um, asking them to do the work for me of like directing people to the right pipeline made a big difference over time, right? And so once you've identified how they're coming to you and you're funneling them in, Deanna, for example, gets both phone calls and email inquiries, like via either email or through her website. And I think we all know that when you get a contact form um filled out like it gets emailed to your email address so i'm going to count the contact form and an email as the same thing so when a phone call comes in we establish that not a good idea <laughs> to just pick up the phone because the other the difficult part about our job is like if you cold call me and ask me a question like we just met right now and you ask me a question i probably won't know the answer well enough to give you what you need out of this conversation, which yeah. is like firm information around your situation. So for Deanna, like she needs to set expectations with clients about like, 
the the first communication with them. It's not going to be, I'm going to answer your question right now unless we do it another way, yeah. right? So, um, yeah, just so that's the first step. Identify how people are coming in. Next step is, can you automate anything? What is, you know, if you're, when I was doing photography, people contacted me and I would have an email that was uh, a template email. And if you are using Google Suite for your backend of your email, um, it's really easy to make templates um, in Google Suite. Just Google how to do that. <laughs> um, and I would have a template, like an inquiry template that I can send that had, you know, what I wanted them to know, which is this is the process. Like I wanted to give them an idea of like what to expect for the communication because my clients were getting married for the first time, oftentimes, right? So they've never worked with a professional photographer. They don't know how this usually works and they're just kind of lost. So I'm going to educate them as a professional and say, thanks for reaching out to me. Um, here are the next steps, blah, 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 review this. And once that's done, and if you still love it, let's set up an appointment. You can click here to set up an appointment for a video chat, whatever, right? So that is really important because it saves you time. It's just a template at that point. And then it throws the ball back to the client and gives the client more time. So now that's off my urgent list of to-dos, mm -hmm. right? Um, and I don't have to put a lot of thought into that. I, I only have to like draft the email one time. It also takes away, like it answers the questions that I know that they're going to have and um, gives them all of the information that they need to know in order to really be serious with me, which is here's everything you need to know. Here's my work. Mm -hmm. Here are my prices. Here's what I offer. If that all looks good to you on paper, the last thing that we need to decide is do we like each other? Yeah. And so then in the meeting that we have, that's really all we're talking about. And if we like each other, then no problem. Contract signed. Right. So trying to streamline that process is going to do, do wonders for your a large part of your business, especially if you're um, the only person in your business, you it takes the guesswork out. It takes all the mental thought out. Um, it gives your inquiries fair treatment, you know, equal opportunity treatment, yeah. very important. Um, and it gives your clients what they need to know. It also sets the tone, right? It sets the tone for expectations. They can trust that you're going to return their emails quickly or be responsive, or if you're not available, They'll know that you're not available because you have an autoresponder, whatever that might be, you know, um, and it helps the client know that you're also legitimately a professional. Because I think yeah. so many people, especially in the creative industry, struggle with imposter syndrome about like, I can't believe I'm charging money for the thing that I love to do, yeah. right? But this is an easy way to kind of like help you, um, legitimize yourself a little bit um okay so we identified that um we we also identified that like when a person calls Deanna is lucky to have two phone numbers um through ring central and so all new inquiries go to one number that would go to voicemail to give people um, instructions about how to set up an intake um call with her or fill out the intake form on the website, just basically so that you're not answering the phone for cold calls anymore. Yeah. Which is and actually 
even more helpful because like you said, I'm, I'm out a lot to like going to networking events and yeah. just like, I, you know, I feel like it's very unprofessional to answer the phone when I'm like in the car or you yeah. know, at the grocery store or something. So, And you don't yeah. know if it's yeah. a former client or a new client, or yeah. if it's not a client, you know, calling in cause you're um, your caller ID doesn't really distinguish what, which line people are calling yeah. in, calling into. So we said that like, okay, for your, um, for that one area code, it should automatically be set up to go to voicemail. Yeah. So then, um, anytime clients do call you on your phone and it gets through to you, you know, that it's a, a existing client. Yeah. And in that situation, like, um, anyone who's worked with me knows that I have a pretty extensive, um, intake process where I learn about your business and, learn more about like who you are as a person and what your priorities are and what your whole values, your, your brand values are. So many times I can pick up the phone cold with a client that I haven't talked to in a year and mm -hmm. understand where they're coming from and know where they're, what they need right now and can answer their question very quickly. Yeah. And because of that, it's a very small cost to me to do that, but it's a big impact on my client mm -hmm. to be able to get that information and reach me directly. And because, because I have an established relationship with my clients that I do answer the phone for, I don't feel bad if I'm driving Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they appreciate that. Like my clients, know, I've called clients before from the airport because I got an email, you know, I'll get an email from them and I'm che checking while I'm like at the gate and be like, oh man, I'm about to be on a flight for five hours. Yeah. I'm just going to call you right now and answer your question, you know, um, Okay. So setting that information up and then, um, working on the language for what your responder would say. Um, and then talking about, well, what do you talk about in that intake call? Because, it, you know, for a creative, like if you're a floral designer and someone cold calls you or they get your, um, let's say they, you set up that, uh, responder that says, set up a time to talk with me and we'll do an intake appointment. What do you actually talk about at the intake appointment that's going to lead to conversion, mm -hmm. right? Especially in the wedding industry, you want to have a good uh, personal connection with the bride and groom or the people that is your, the, the client that you're working with. Um, this is a very personal day for them and your art is very personal to you. Um, so what do you, how do you have a conversation that is both structured and personal, authentic, and you're meeting someone for the very first time and you need to have a connection right away, right? Um, you have to think like, I didn't realize that I did this, but I, I, cause I'm kind of all over the place, depending on the person that I'm talking to and kind of their energy. So I, I kind of go all over the place, but I know from like working with students who have to do intake phone calls, um, it really helps a lot to have kind of an outline of the direction that you want to take mm -hmm. and an outline. I say an outline and not a script because like who wants, like no one will know who you are if you're reading a script, but if you have an outline, it helps you stay on track and you can deviate from that when the client is telling you something interesting or, you know, wherever the conversation wants to go. And then when that naturally ends, go back to the outline and say, okay, this is the other thing that we need to talk about tonight. You know? So if you're somebody who is like, having trouble converting clients during from like meeting them face to face whether that's through like um video chat or a phone call or in person over tea or whatever think about how that conversation's going 
because from the other client, from the client's point of view, they might like you, but they might not see the the other half of what they're there for, which is like the service, right? Um, okay. So we identified the workflow. How did you feel about the workflow? Oh, I liked it a lot. Like, um, I already changed my voicemail. Um, and Great. it makes so much more sense. Yeah. Like I said, I'm, I'm also just like out and about a lot. So it's mm -hmm. just really, you know, like I said, I feel very like, like it's not professional for me to answer the phone when I'm out at these other places and that would stress me out. Um, so now, yeah, it just feels good knowing that people can just go to my website, fill out the form or like leave their email address and their information on my voicemail. Um, I mean, probably I, you know, there's definitely a little part of me that's just like worrying about, you know, am I going to potentially lose some people? And I probably will, because I know some people just will move on to the next if you don't answer the phone. Yeah. Um, but in my experience, though, <laughs> in my experience, that's always been a good thing because any client who can't wait for a serve, like, because we're not in emergency services. Yeah. It's not the same thing as like our housing unit, which deals with yeah, people who are evicted, being maybe. evicted and you have like a three-day turnaround time yeah that's different yeah but in in the work that we do there's nothing that is urgent and so if it's mm -hmm. something that's urgent it's going to cost you a ton more money yeah. for me to do that for you yeah yeah so I think so, that's why I'm like yeah, yeah I said I'm like 99% like good with this I think yeah there was that, that small thing that's just like oh my gosh if I don't answer the phone I might lose I clients also, but <laughs> I've, I've also been in business long enough to know that like many times those clients can't afford to pay the prices that they would need to, to afford me. And yeah. they're really mean about it because yeah. they're stressed out. Like I get it. It's honestly, you're stressed out, but it's your own doing that you're in this situation. It's not my fault that you're rushing. It's your fault, you know? Yeah. Um, and so that also kind of speaks to one of the values that I have around who I want to work with, which yeah. is people who are accountable and people who are you know, like I said, it's, it's a risk. Being a lawyer is very risky. Mm -hmm. Being a photographer is very risky as well, because you're dealing like in a physical space. Um, and you want to be able to work with clients who are not going to make your risky job even more risky. Yeah. Um, I think also though, I guess, cause, um, I know we haven't actually mentioned this yet about like scarcity mindset and like knowing that I definitely have been having, having that, um, I know that because I do estate planning, it is definitely something that a lot of older people want. Um, mm -hmm. So like, you know, I know there are, there are older people who are going to call me who maybe don't even have an email address. They're definitely not going to go on my website. Mm -hmm. um, but I guess, you know, if, but like you said, okay. it's not, they could still leave their name and phone number, right? Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They just, I think that older people, especially because they are more comfortable using the phone anyway, if they're not comfortable using the the email or, or like a contact form, I think that they, there is an expectation that like leaving a voicemail and they're, yeah. they're not in um the, the mindset where like return my call immediately. That's just yeah. not the culture when yeah. you use phone to communicate. Yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah. So I think, yeah. So like, yeah, definitely, you know, I'm not gonna say like, you're not my target <laughs> audience. Yeah. So I'm not going to serve you. Um, Cause you know, everyone needs an estate plan, but um, yeah, and I don't think people will really get mad. And if they do get mad and are angry about that, I want a, an email from them, then yeah, probably not someone I want to work with anyway. So exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I do think though, that the scarcity mindset is kind of implied, um, 
because I think that's a big part of why you were kind of doing things um, impulsively, like mm-hmm. setting up, signing up for tabling impulsively. So I mean, I think that's really good to recognize. Yeah. And I know like my situation's a little unique um, because I'm going to be out of the country for a month and a half. So I think that's, that's really scaring me um, because mm-hmm. I'm not going to like physically be here to um, continue, you know, networking or, um, you know, just trying to get more business. So I think I've been trying to just figure out, okay, how can I, you know, get more email addresses and things like that to do webinars or just to like stay, you know, relevant. And well, I think that's an interesting thing to sort out, you know, you're pointing this out. And I think that um, that's good to recognize Mm -hmm. that um, there are two markets that you are working with right now. Okay. Um, If you break this down into its finest pieces, you have your clients who is your target market. And then you have a secondary market of other professionals that you're networking with to get to the target clients. Mm -hmm. They're actually a secondary market, but you've been spending a lot of effort going to that market. And so by being out of the country, like it's important to recognize this because you have to have two different strategies Mm -hmm. for those two different demographics of people. So your target client should be getting information directly from you via other means, right? Which is the internet, you know, um, this podcast, um, your Instagram, your Facebook or whatever, like they should not skip a beat with you being in Cyprus. Like that should not be interrupted at all. The only thing that's going to be interrupted is like the FaceTiming that you're doing with other business professionals. And that doesn't really matter because it doesn't directly impact your business. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So think of it, you know, I I think that um, I get it. Whenever I'm really stressed out about something, I break it down into its really fine pieces and figure out, okay, what is the thing that I'm actually stressed out about? Because I cannot afford to spend my energy worrying about all the things that are out of my control. Mm -hmm. Okay. What is, is what is. And so I break it down and say, this is the thing that I feel a little bit iffy about. Then I can examine that and say, well, is it in my control or not? Because if it's not, let it go or find another solution or figure, like I can do a much better cost benefit analysis if I can pinpoint the thing that is stressing me out. So try to think yeah. about it that way. It's like, and the, and the way that you ask, like the question to ask yourself to figure out what is really bothering you is, well, if I don't do this, what am I gaining? Or what am I most scared about? Like I, if I'm not presently here, who would that impact? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So, you know, I'm, I haven't been on Instagram a lot lately. I go through like like ups and downs with Instagram where I'm like constantly on it. And then I'm, I like take a break for a while where I'm like, <laughs> oh, my life is lovely right now. I'm just going to stay out here for a while. Yeah. Um. So I haven't like been on Instagram lately checking, you know, um, how you've been posting and, and all of that. I mostly just send you funny videos. Yeah. I haven't really <laughs> been posting. Yeah. So, so then, yeah, that's, that's what yeah. you have to see. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And so like, that's another thing that should actually make you feel better is that you can have a direct line to your clients on Instagram. Like it's there, it's there for the table. Yeah. 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 And I can easily do that. Yeah. From Cyprus. Yeah. So yeah. You can easily do that from Cyprus. You can do that right now. You don't have to like yeah. rent a booth to do that or anything. Yeah. 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 No, that's yeah. So true. Um, yeah. But I think, yeah, it was definitely this 
scarcity mindset and just being scared of just not being here and like you know even like I don't know it's kind of like you know Moni keeps being like are you even excited I was about gonna this say trip? like yeah the, like yeah I think you're, like you're accountable both to yourself and to your husband like yeah. it is like it is your your finances right yeah. and Moni I love you but honestly it's not you didn't ask to go to Cyprus again this year so it wouldn't be really surprising if you're not super excited to go back I mean I, I know that you are but um it's hard when you're starting a business yeah especially yeah yeah. and you didn't ask for this you're just like being a very dutiful wife going yeah because it's a long trip it's a long one yeah yeah definitely yeah so I've been stressed about that because I'm like you know it's still so early in my business to be gone for so long and Mm -hmm. the time difference is you know 10 hours it's it's hard (laughs) yeah yeah but that's hard I, I know I can use the time to like do all these things that I haven't been doing, like making videos, making. No, but here's the thing media. though, because I used to travel for work too, like when I'm traveling and shooting and getting yeah. inquiries and things like that. That's easy to set up. That's easy to fix. You can just do an autoresponder and say, Hi, I'm on a time delay right now, or I'm out of the office, I'm working remotely, or whatever you want to say. Yeah. Um, please allow me two business days to get back to you. And there's nothing wrong with that. I don't think that there's anything unacceptable or, or mm-hmm. like outrageous about that. So yeah. that's what I would do. And then like use delay send or just be really candid and say, Hey, I'm in another country right now, but I'm very committed to your issue. I'm still working. I'm just, I just go back and forth like a couple times a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're not going to get out of this, Deanna. You're not, you're, <laughs> I think you're kind of like, Oh, it's going to be hard. And so I'm not going to like, you know, just throw my hands up and like, say, I'll deal with it when I get back. <laughs> oh, you no, know? no, no. I, yeah, no. Cause there's going to be a lot of times where like Monty has to work the whole time we're there. So, um, then why yeah. go? I just, kinda, <laughs> you know, I know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, in one way, the time difference is good because we can actually spend the days doing stuff and not start working until maybe like three o'clock in the afternoon. That's three, cool. four o'clock in the afternoon. So we do get to, we can go to the beach and do like go for bike rides and do a lot of stuff during the day. Um, That's nice. Yeah. But it is just sucks then in the evening we have to work. Yeah. 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 But isn't that kind of good because like it's super hot there. So you can like get stuff done in the morning and have, have a, you know, uh, a nice time during the cooler part of the day. And then you go inside when you have to work. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's true. Yeah. And we, like last time we went to a lot of cafes and stuff I and mean, it was, cold when we went um yeah that was like winter before yeah but you know it was nice just to go to different cafes all over the island and Mm -hmm. just work from there and see all the cats yeah (laughs) (laughs) had to throw in the cats (laughs) what are you gonna do with your cats are you you gonna um are your parents coming they're coming but not till like um I think they'll only be here for like two the last like two and a half weeks Oh, so we actually found. Um, oh, that's right. You have a cat sitter and a house sitter. A trusted yes. house sitter. Yeah. Yes. Great. Yeah. But yeah, that stresses me out too. But that's a whole other issue. <laughs> yeah. That would stress yeah. me out too. <laughs> I should talk to you about my home security system so you can get set up. I know. My mom was like, I told my mom, oh, yeah, we found a house sitter. And she's like already texting me tonight about, are you going to like change the locks after they leave? <laughs> no way. Oh, God, oh I should say you haven't even changed the locks since let we moved me here. oh my god <laughs> this is like obviously the, the first thing that I did when I moved 
Like, it was my new, plan, but I got the new keys of the house, and I'm like trash. Yeah, <laughs> just put the new lock in now. Yeah. That did take like a couple of weeks to. I remember you it. like yeah, yeah. <laughs> the door saga. <laughs> I know, but I did think about it. But we have weird do- doors here too, so I don't know if it would work. Um, but I'll look into it because oh uh, yeah, a smart lock would be nice. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean it my door is really old it's a it's like I think it's I want to say it's the original door to the house yeah. um it's solid wood and it's a weird size it's 42 inches across so I love it because it's really wide but the problem is I can't get like um a screen or anything like one of those um telescoping string or, no like a screen no. door to like put across the front when I need to they have these really cool ones now that are uh like mesh that like retracts into itself so it's not like a uh-huh. like a swinging door but yeah. when you need to use it you just pull it across but it's invisible when you don't yeah, need like, to use it kind of like those accordion things but, no but not accordion invisible? it's oh. like um like imagine those like window shades from back in the day oh, like like, like school or something up yeah, and down like that yeah yeah <laughs> but it's sideways oh, okay. instead and you hmm. you mount it to the door the door jam and uh when you need to use it you can pull it out but when you're not using it, it retracts into itself. So there's like no, you, it's not really visible. Like it's oh, not okay. like um, obstructing your door. It doesn't like change the look of your door or anything. So, and I really need that because it would be so nice to have a cross breeze through the house. Mm-hmm. Um, what are we talking about? How do we get to doors? <laughs> I don't remember. House sitters. Locks. Oh, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. So basically <laughs> what I'm saying is that my my very futuristic smart lock um doesn't exactly fit well with my super old over 100 year old door yeah (laughs) um but it gets the job very done so nice okay so the next thing that we did um for Deanna is think about who your target client is so we've talked about this before in a previous episode um but when you're thinking about your target client you have to think about like really visualize really understand who this person is as a person, what are their values? What are they doing with their time? Um, Some things that you can think about are, is there a gender preference? Is there an age preference? Is there a socioeconomic status um, preference? What is their marital or family status? Mm -hmm. Um, That is going to then lead to the questions about like what do they do then what are their uh activities what are their recreational activities what are they doing on weekends um what you know like let's take me for example like let's say your target audience is someone like me right I have two boys who are five and two years old one of them is confirmed neurodiverse um Otto has ADHD and I'm uh the parts of that's unconfirmed is I think he's got um Asperger's as well And so because of like my situation with my kids right now, they're both very, very active kids. That means that I fill up their weekends with activities. So I spend my weekends at Kung Fu, soccer, swimming, birthday parties, the museum. We're doing a lot of crap during the weekends to keep them occupied and out of my house. Mm -hmm. And so knowing that, knowing that where I am, you want to put yourself in the in the space to kind of like intersect with me, right? Um, Knowing what I'm doing helps you also know what I want. 
because those are my duties and those are the things that I have to do as as like the the mother of the family with like a very neurodiverse family, I'm carrying a lot of the weight. So what are the things that I actually want as a person, as me, myself? I want help. I want time to myself. I want um, like freedom to to like be alone sometimes. Um, and so once you know what your clients really want, um, you know, I, I, I identify that I do want more like support, like emotional support, right? Um, camaraderie and like other, I want to know that I'm not alone and struggling alone. You know, other moms are going through the same thing as me and it's very isolating to experience that. And so I would love some time to, to like, um, lose it and also drink. (laughs) Maybe that's the same thing, but understanding what I want helps you communicate better with me. Right you can catch my attention much better if you're telling me, hey, you're, you know, I get you, I understand you. And what I'm um, offering is something that's going to help you um, not worry about this one aspect that you that is sitting in the back burner of your mind, mm-hmm. right? Like help you with your estate plan. Okay, there it is, Penny. Um, and as part of that, as part of like my services or my network or the the community that I'm building, I also offer a support group for moms. Um, and you're welcome to join us or join them, um, you know, once a month on this day. Mm-hmm. Um, so really that draws my attention because you're coming to me with a solution that I really, really need. And that helps me build trust. And, and if, if I don't like, let's say you offer this support group thing, right. And I go and it turns out that it's not my vibe. That's super helpful for you to know, because if we don't click, then you wouldn't want to have that kind of like ongoing relationship. Mm -hmm. Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think that that's really an important thing to look at. Um, I, to me, this is all part of providing holistic services. So understanding who the person is, what they're asking me for, and understanding what they really want, right? And then how do I deliver that in a way that is convenient for me or works for me as well as works for you? Um, so, you know, step two is really identifying your target client. Um, go deep really paint that picture. Once you've done that, then it allows you to kind of think a little bit more outside the box and think, okay, how do I reach my target client? Oh my God. Penny doesn't play with any of her toys through the day at all. Like most of the weeks, like she's always chewing on the kids' toys. Um, I usually end up taking all of her kids' toys away. But today, of course, when we're recording, she's like all about the dog toys, the crinkle toys, the, the squeak toys. Oh my God sorry we are professionals (laughs) okay so you want to identify strategic partnerships right because that's another source of like trusted um like a trusted client source potentially right so if you're a new brand or if you're you're kind of like midway in your career you kind of want to like establish your your presence and your brand with the caliber of 
um, adjacent services and and quality, mm-hmm. right? Um, so really figuring out, okay, if my client is is someone like me, I'm we talked about earlier, I'm not getting legal advice at a state fair. I'm um I'm probably, you know, like how are you gonna find me and who would I listen to? Yeah. You can probably, you know, get your information to me through my accountant. That would be one way. Like if I because if I have to hire a, an accountant to help me with my taxes, I'm probably going to reach out and say, hey, do you know any good attorneys who can help me with this issue? I get that all the time where people reach out to me and say, hey, do you know any good accountants? You know, it, it kind of goes back and forth. Yeah. Same thing with real estate, right? So think about those partnerships and how you can mutually benefit each other and understand that you're not fishing in the same pool with that person because you have two unique services. So there, there shouldn't be a scarcity mindset amongst that, that uh, group. Yeah. Right. Um. Yeah. So I, you know, I think that's a lot to get started if you're kind of um, in. I don't want to say a rut, but you're kind of like at a wall, you know, because you you are halfway through your your year, um, a little past, and it's just not um. It's hard work. You never get days off. Um, as a as a small business owner, like you don't get to call in sick, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so, I hope this is helpful for people. And if anything, I just I want you to take away that like it's ups and downs. I want the takeaway to be that you're not alone, and it's very common. Growth doesn't come in a steady stream, and it's not always upwards right? Growth is two steps forward, one step back sometimes. Um, But it's how learning from those and making new mistakes, making different mistakes, um, exploring more opportunities. That's the really important thing. And those are the kind of things that lead to major growth. Yeah. So um, I don't know. I'm I'm curious to know how many people have, are, are feeling like they're in the what's what would be the baseball analogy for this like the seventh inning stretch I don't know yeah I think so yeah 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 like panic move (laughs) am I gonna like kind of a like or win the game or 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 like kind of just um burnt out like a semi burnt out tired you know um and if you have strategies for coping with that what are they like I think it's so helpful to share these things and I don't think that people share as much as they do because there's this like um like unspoken thing of like we don't share our our disasters or negativity with each other because we want to always look booked and busy Mm -hmm. so it's not true that's not how it works it's a ebb and flow yeah yeah um is there anything you want to add I think just what you were just saying, right? Like even when we talked about doing this episode, I was kind of like, well, is that going to, you know, make me look worse as, you know, an attorney? But um, I know it has nothing to do with my like knowledge of the law and, you know, no. how, you know, how I am um, as an attorney It's just, yeah, this is me as a small business owner, like yeah, just, um, yeah, trying to figure it out. It's very different than just being a lawyer, right? It's like very trying different. to do everything like the marketing person and yeah. my own accountant and all that 
all of that so yeah, yeah. I did yeah. all of that too for like yeah. two businesses and it's hard it's a lot of work but I loved it yeah. I loved every second of it like I wouldn't say every second of it I loved like four out of five seconds of it every time you know? <laughs> well you're great um, at it and you've been so super helpful and I you know cannot I do this without it. your support yeah I really miss like having my own business and well, I, like really going for it, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, share with us your, your ups and downs and your strategies for dealing with that. Until then we will see you next week. Thanks. And before we go, there's a few things you should know. Founders speak is for educational purposes only. Nothing in this podcast should be construed as legal advice. Always consult an attorney licensed in your state if you need legal help. In some states, like California, this podcast may be considered attorney advertising. 